Bennett's already turning the camera off. Okay, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't tell you to turn the camera off. It's okay. Well, welcome to the Blind Tag Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Nash. I'm, I've got Matt and Bennett here. We are going to talk about WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania is about to turn to Big 4-0 next year, and we have a very, very big card that we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about, you know, talk some WrestleMania questions, give our opinions on some of the best opening matches, uh, best non-world title matches, celebrity involvement, and a little WrestleMania trivia just to, you know, wake them up a little bit. Matt Bennett, after your um, uh, brackets, just like everyone else in our league or in our little group, has been destroyed. I think now we can 100% focus on WrestleMania. I'm all in. I'm I'm done with it. I, I, this Final Four has been weird and whack as hell. I'm good with it. Let's move on. WrestleMania. It's just hard to believe, Kyle. This is the third year in a row we've been doing this. Um, it's been so much fun every time. So I'm excited for today. Absolutely. And, you know, and it, it, it was weird. You know, like I said, yeah, we did it for 37. We did it for 38. And... Um, yeah, 37 was weird because, like I said, we didn't know really how things were going to go because we were still in the middle of a, a global pandemic, despite what some people may want to believe. Um, but yeah, it's it, 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 it's definitely fun to talk about and you know, just you know, look at because I, I think in one of, the, one of the videos I saw, um, I'm not sure if it was what culture or cult or cultaholic, but they were talking about like the WrestleMania moments or like worst WrestleMania moments or stuff like that. And they said, if, you know, WrestleMania gives you a snapshot of what the WWE has been for the last 12 months. And in the early days, it didn't so much feel that way, but now, Oh Lord, does it give you a snapshot? I know what it was. They were talking about how cursed WrestleMania 32 was and how bad of a show that was. Like, just you know, a lot of these, a lot of these WrestleManias have uh, matches that were supposed to happen or didn't. Like, did you know that um, a world title match at WrestleMania 22 was supposed to be Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels? Wow. Yeah. Well, First time ever matchup. Oh, that would have Chicago would have loved that. It would have been amazing for sure. I'm also here. Hello. Oh, Hi, Bennett. yeah, Bennett. Oh, hey, I, 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 I introduced you both. Come on. I know, I know. But Matt was kind of talking. Uh, no, I'm excited about WrestleMania too. Uh, not WrestleMania two, but also WrestleMania. Um, okay. I know. It's got to be cheesy. Uh, why? I mean, no, 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 no. I'm going to say this. Um, do you... If there's one thing about WrestleMania 2, and obviously I didn't watch it, but, but three different locations. Like, everyone, ev- everyone thought WrestleMania 36 was weird because obviously the beginning of the pandemic, but this was done on purpose. Um, you had one card in Long Island, New York, 
second one in Rosemont Horizon in suburban Chicago, and then in the LA Sports Arena. And here's the thing. So you buy a ticket for the Uniondale Long Island one, you see your card first, and then arenas didn't have the, the um, jumbotrons that they do now. So they basically had to pull out screens or, or projectors or whatnot, and you basically watched the re- the other two shows on closed circuit in the building. It's nuts. Like especially not set up. Yeah, and no, and, and, and the worst part would have would have been if you're in LA, did you really buy a buy a ticket and show up just to watch the first two um cards on TV before yeah, it was I'm glad that they, they didn't do do that again because I feel like they could do something like that now and it would be a lot easier to, you know, because of how far we've come technologically. But just it it's just kind of stupid. Like the only way that would work is if it was a cinematic match happening somewhere else. Yeah, and we won't. Yeah, that's that's those, one pandemic for now. Well, they, they tried something similar with Raw 25 <laughs> where they had two different venues in New York. Um, they had the Barclays Center and they also went back to the old. Uh, um oh Manhattan Center Manhattan Center Uh, and um the thing was the people in Brooklyn could watch what was going on in Manhattan but the people in Manhattan couldn't watch what was going on in Brooklyn so yeah that was very it was very flawed and I think they only had one match there right yeah (laughs) and it was also the burial of uh the revival you know, back when okay. Vince, Vince... They deserve that. What? Sorry, what? <clears throat> Sorry, what? I, like no, I, no, I was going to say, back when Vince decided that, you know, instead of pushing new young talent, why don't we just get the legends a chance to bury him? So, you know. Now he's not only is he pushing young talent, he's pushing big boys. Um, As he always... What, you mean Vince? Vince ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Oh, really? So you just think Hunter looked at Omos and Brock Lesnar and Oh yeah, this seems like the right thing to do. This is this we'll, is what's going to put on. us on. We the- will we will talk about that. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we will. But no, I did want to say one thing. Uh, as much as I love WrestleMania, and as as cool as it's going to be, do not sleep on Stand and Deliver before the show. Oh, before night one, absolutely. It is going to be insane. You've got you've got Braun Breaker versus Mello as the main event. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Both of those, as much as I hate Ron Breaker sometimes, both of those guys are made of it. Could could go to the main roster and, and do incredible things. Whoever already. loses and is going so- to the main roster. What? Yeah. Well, I think if it's not Braun Breaker, if Braun Breaker loses, he's going to the main roster. If it's if it's Mello and he loses, he'll stay in NXT. No. But I, 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 like you said, they're both main roster ready. There they are. Loses- they're they're main roster ready. But I, I just feel like feel like Mello needs a title. Mello just needs that title just for a little yeah. bit. Uh, it doesn't have to be a long reign. Like like one of those, like he gets maybe to the next big pay-per-view for them and mm-hmm. then he loses it. But um, And then you've got Pretty Deadly hosting it. Like, honestly. Yeah. Honestly. That's going to be fun. Could, could not be like any better. Uh, so, have... and you've got two ladder matches as well. So it's going to be exciting. Is it two? No, it's the just... women's and then Keith, uh, not Keith Lee, goodness. Uh, Wesley is having a ladder match. No, I think it's just no, a, it, no, it's, 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 it's no, it's just, just a fatal five way. Yeah. yeah, it's just a fatal five way. 
Really? Okay, yeah. that's even more exciting. Good. I didn't. And I was about I to am, say Von Wagner on a ladder would be kind of weird. I am excited yeah. to see Dragon Lee, what he what he can do on the big stage. Uh, he is <laughs> one of the top luchadors to come out of Mexico. Did did a lot of work for CMLL, Ring of Honor. Uh, made some appearances on AEW. Um, so he is like he can be the next top lucha star in WWE. He he has the charisma to do it. He has the ability to do it. And the fact that Triple H actually treats him with respect instead of Vince go, mm-hmm. uh no. Yeah. We're about to have a house party. Uh I just hope they <laughs> I hope they don't give him the I hope they don't, don't like stunt him like they did with legato just stuck them down there for so long until they were kind of just not fun to watch anymore well, and then brought them well, up to the main roster so here here here's the thing with that um i i think you know uh legato del fantasma came in at a interesting time when you know there were still that you know it was right before when everything shut down and there was a reason yep. why that they didn't have a lot of uh uh, yeah. NXT like call ups or if it was if it was someone they were going to call up it was like really you know someone they wanted to submit like you know like a riddle or someone they wanted to do nothing with like a Keith Lee and you know probably about twenty other people but um it was the right move for him not to get called up until Vince was out of creative because yeah. They would have. You get Los Lucarios type beat happening to him if that happens. Oh, they would have. He would have turned him into Lucha House Party 2.0. Uh, I think another thing, if we're comparing them, is that Dragon Lee has the age factor. Oh yeah, for sure. Well. Um, because Legado, um, Santos is 38, Joaquin Wild is 36, I think, and um, uh, what is it? Is it Raul Mendoza now or Cruz del Toro? Cruz del Toro, but you can. He's like 31, and Dragon Lee's 27. So you're gonna bring a lot. You're gonna bring a lot more to the table. Um, of course, now with the experience factor uh, coming in, and uh, I'm excited about it. I, I liked his debut uh, last week. I thought it was pretty cool. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, man, for sure. I cannot wait. It's gonna be uh, standard deliver might rival some of those matches. Might actually rival the the main event matches. I mean, I mean. It, it has. I well, cannot wait for Diamond yeah. Mine to get the main roster. I cannot wait. Here, here's here's what else I always say, and then, and then we'll start with our our first question before we get into uh, talking about the matches real quick. Is until I would say uh, NXT got moved to USA. The NXT takeovers were 100% better than any pay-per-view they were attached to. And then they got forced into a Wednesday night war when there was no need to. And they got their ass kicked in the ratings because, you know, it's, it's what it was. Because ratings aren't as big of a driver these days as they were in 1998 and 1999. Uh, I mean, you, you, it's more about the demos. And, 
but now with Sean in um, control of it and Hunter in control of the main roster and Hunter basically saying, listen, I'm going to give you enough head of, of a notice on when I want to bring someone up so you can tie the loose ends, tie the stories up because you had situations where like um, Sasha got caught up in the middle of her program with Bailey before uh, TakeOver Brooklyn. So it's, it, you know, I agree with Bennett. It's going to be um, a good show. It's it's going to have the potential to steal the weekend. But now we don't know if it will be the best show of the weekend because Triple H has control of WrestleMania and not Vince. But mm. Mm. we're going to start. I, I was going to say one more thing just really quick. Go ahead. And that's, and that's if, if we're talking about tying up loose ends, it kind of makes me excited to see if Grayson Waller and Shawn Michaels will be over after this and he's going like main roster because he's just finished his fight with Gargano or if he's going to stay in NXT but then Gargano is going to get a push because he just got out of a feud with Waller. It's going to be interesting at least. All right, go ahead. Okay. Just had to get that. Honestly, that and, and, and that's that's good questions. Uh, Matt, what what's your opinion on that? Uh, I, I mean, I think I think the match is gonna be pretty good. I I would like to see a little. I because it's been a while since we had this kind of conflict with like a straight up like uh, heel who's just shit talking or sorry, um, trash talking this uh, uh, authority figure week after week, getting inside his head. Like I feel like there's a little bit more development there that's left out. But you know, if they have, if they want to end it with Gargano, that's fine. Um, but I feel like there might be a little bit more left on the table. But it depends on how they're feeling, how the match goes. All I know is, when Johnny wrestles in the ring, Grayson Waller has improved so much over the last year or so. Uh, they're going to have a possibility to steal the show. But let's go to our first question before we talk about um, WrestleMania 39. And let's look at um, the opening matches of WrestleMania. Now, um, this is of the card with WrestleMania 2. There are three opening matches because there were three different sites. And then since WrestleMania 36, WrestleMania has been a two-night show. So each, you know, the opening match of each night on WrestleMania. So, um, Matt, I'll start with you. Just in your opinion, what when you think of the best opening match in WrestleMania history, what's your uh, answer to that? Oh, I mean... And pre-shows don't count. Yeah, no pre-shows. No pre-shows. Um, yeah, I mean, that Andre the Giant Battle Royal from, like, 2018 was so good um, on the pre-show. Um, there's been... I, it's so important to have a critical, like, a really good an opening match at WrestleMania. It's good for any show. 
Mm. It sets the tone for the entire night or the rest of the nights now for WrestleMania. Um, first one that comes to my mind um, that I think you'll have an appreciation for, Kyle, is WrestleMania 10 with Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Yes. Um, there is a lot. I lo- I've watched that, I think, three times in my lifetime. I love it. Mm. Um, it's just so special with that brother versus brother connection, and it's it got the crowd on its feet uh, for the rest of the night. And it's debatable for a match of the night um, on that show, too. Well, the one thing, one, one quick thing about that, and I'll, I'll let you finish, is at the end of the night when Brett won the title and all the good guys are celebrating with Brett, who's in the aisle way? Owen Hart going, you got the title, but I can beat you. And that just set the, the next five, six, seven months of storytelling. Go ahead. Awesome. It's a great lead in. Uh, so, and I'd also, I'd also give a shout out to WrestleMania 30, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, um, because that set the story for the rest of the night and created, um, was the lead in to one of the biggest moments in WrestleMania history, uh, with Daniel Bryan winning the championships, but it doesn't even happen if he doesn't beat Triple H. And that was such a back and forth contest that has you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Oh, is Daniel Bryan going to do it? Is Triple H going to get his way involved here? No, Triple H, uh, Triple H uh, slipped up one too many times, and uh, Brian picking up the win was huge there. So um, those are probably two of my favorites. Okay. What about you, Bennett? I got to say, I think it was two years ago. It was the first WrestleMania I actually watched. I was a freshman in college. That was the first WrestleMania I watched. Like I think it might have been both night. If not, it was only night two. You, wa- you watched night two. It was night two. So I got to watch night two. And then this past WrestleMania. So I've gotten three night ones under my belt and none of them are good. Like, I mean, I mean, okay. Uh, no, never mind. It's not. I mean, a couple of them maybe, but they're not the best one. I think my favorite one to at least remember back to and to, and to just because of how, how big of a personal victory it was for this guy. And y'all are going to probably laugh, but when Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title, Oh. I know he was like right at the end of his like WWE what run was he? No, he, he somewhat there. No, he was still there for like four more years. Match? Okay, well, yeah, he, he just was... didn't do much, I guess. Uh, yeah. But like that was just a huge personal victory. And honestly, the minuscule amount I watched WWE like while trying to keep up, I always loved Zack Ryder. So when I found out about that, I was like, oh, let's go, yeah. So yeah, that's my pick. It has to be. Okay. It was a great, great ladder match too. And, and, and I love Lionel Match. Oh, I, I agree. Um, WrestleMania I mean, 10, Razor and Sean. Um, but the crazy thing about that WrestleMania two, uh, 32 matchup was Kevin Owens was given the option to pick who he was going to wrestle. And The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, and Sami Zayn all wanted opportunities. And, he, and Kevin's like, no. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna find the toughest people, you know, the 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 people who deserve the shot, and then you have Zack Ryder, Stardust, and Sin Cara, who had been basically jobbers for like the last year. As it was a joke. So to have one of the jokes win the title was awesome. And then the the the, the story after you know backstage where 
um, he he was in the Garden of WrestleMania 10, and he got to take a picture with Razor's Intercontinental title when he won it. Razor's um, Scott Hall sought him out and said, "Hey, we 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 need to do another picture, but this time I'm holding your Intercontinental title." Like oh that's that's as crazy. Um, that's special. It is, and all all three of those are good. Um, I mean, the tag title match to open up night two at thirty eight with RK Bro was good. Um, that was really fun. It was a lot of people forget the the Intercontinental Triple Threat at uh, thirty four. Um, the Shield making their WrestleMania debut at twenty nine. Um, but I'm. I think one that's really special to me and just based on everything that happened over the next uh, the next 12 months afterwards is Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. They opened WrestleMania 21 tag team champions wrestling each other and you know they they have the greatest match in WCW history Halloween Havoc 1997 if you have not watched it it's on the network watch it at the beginning to end and if not by the end of it you're going oh my god and they were doing stuff in 97 that we look at now and go yeah but back like in in those crowds in wcw you know they were there to see the hogan's the savage the flares the, the scott halls the kevin nash's and to have this cruiserweight title match basically steal the show and the crowd was was amazing and to see that kind of match on wrestlemania so you know there was probably more like owen and brett is in triple h and daniel bryan are consistently top two i would i would say eddie versus ray definitely in the top five. Oh, for sure i mean there's just so much so many implications that are put in that match to begin with and then eventually leading up to SummerSlam that year uh, for the custom, custody of Dominic. Um, I just love seeing that little. Oh, yeah. The, Do, does Dominic still think Eddie's his father right now? Or, yeah, yes. Yeah, who knows? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, it was it was insane. Like, I remember watching that. I remember the build up to it. And I'm going, yeah, I, I don't know if this is legal. But this is the only <laughs> medium where you can have custody determined in a ladder match. But I mean, it's so funny to think about, like out of context. Yeah, it like, was. It was. It was like you, you're dumbfounded at the moment, but then literally five months later, after he passed, you're like, "That was their last pay per view match." Ooh. Yeah. So. Well. <laughs> That's opening. We're going to talk a little bit about some of these uh, some of these matches. Now, how we're going to do it is we're going to talk about the matches that have not been assigned a night. And I'm looking at the WrestleMania 39 Wikipedia page. So, and then we will most talk accurate source. I know, but it's 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 the best I got right now. Uh, yeah. Then we'll talk about what's what matches have been slotted for night one, and obviously the last we're going to talk about is the main event of night two. So, 
First up, Charlotte Flair defending the SmackDown Women's title against Royal Rumble winner Rhea Ripley. Um, this build has been weird, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't... I don't know, like, you know, it started okay, but it just, are we supposed to cheer Charlotte? Are we supposed to not cheer Charlotte? Like, I, I don't know. Bennett, what do you, what's your, what's your take on that? So like, I think the issue WWE is having is like, they, I, they want the judgment day to be this big feared faction in the WWE. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it's not feared. We just make fun of them but like a lot of people really like finn Balor. a lot of people really like damian priest a lot of people really like rhea ripley and they've waited for her to get this this main title opportunity for so long and so she's finally getting it she won the rumble she's going into this and yet she's supposed to be the bad guy like no charlotte flair has been a consistent bad guy on wwe tv for so long and nobody likes her like uh, again, there's some outliers. They're wrong, but there, there's some outliers out there that, that like Charlotte Flair. But you can't build her as a face when she's going up against somebody that literally everybody wants to get this title. Because it's going to give, it's, it's going to give, like, Rhea Ripley could have an amazing match with with a stick of wood. She's had, she's suplexed, what was his name? One of the Good Brothers. And that's basically a stick oh, of yeah, wood. Oh, yeah, Luke uh, Gallows. Luke um, Gallows. Body Luke Gallows. I mean, she, she, is, she could literally wrestle anybody and so getting that title onto somebody that can actually compete like Rhea competes like that's like incredible so uh, again if Rhea doesn't win this a what are they doing uh and b never again i never want to see another charlotte match versus Rhea if if if, if Rhea loses so yeah it was it was a questionable decision at wrestlemania 36 to have charlotte go over on Rhea. I know that they wanted to put more eyes on NXT because they were losing the, the Wednesday Night War to AEW. It was their developmental brand. It was never meant to be in a competition with another top-tier wrestling show. It wasn't. So, uh, I, I agree with your point. Um, Matt, like, you know, like you said, Charlotte is a heel. I'm you know, Rick Flair, you know, the Flair family are the best heels in all of wrestling. Rhea Ripley, um, the Judgment Day has been so much better since um, Triple H took over. And you know, you know, Bennett, you said like you know they're you know they're supposed to be feared, but you you see so much more of their personality coming out. And and that's what endears a lot of people. Yes, it's supposed you're supposed to be feared, but you can be endeared and feared at the same time. So, um, Matt, what do you you know? Do you do you agree with Ben's statements? Yeah, uh, for the most part, I do. I think one thing about the Judgment Day is they always remind me of like these, you know, like the sitcom TV shows where it's like the the high school goth kids. That- <laughs> like this person that's that's what they remind me of i just love it because it's so it's so corny but i love how their personalities come out and ex-con dom's been working out so well but yeah since since triple h came over that was huge (laughs) so now do you know you get to think about that every time you hear the ah and then 
you know, they come in the spotlight. Yeah, someone, yeah, yeah, um, some, someone joked said that uh, the the Hell in a Cell match should be for the right to alter bridge. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Let's put it. Let's put it up at the top of the cell. Let's, let's put a gold record on as top a weapon. Of the cell. <laughs> but um, but go ahead. For the women's match itself, uh, I was surprised with it being Charlotte versus Rhea to begin with. I thought, kind of thought it was a slam dunk. It would be Bianca versus uh, Rhea. I thought you had more of a plot there. Yeah. Uh, although you do have a little more history of Charlotte Flair, I think I feel like the NXT connection they built up. If they talked about that, might have been nice. But the other, that's the other thing. Because I think, yeah, I think going into this build that, like you said, Cosman very strange to like piece it together and like the promo that charlotte cut on friday did not help anything at all no it's not uh, that was terrible and, and, and um the, and the worst part is are you going to move the entire judgment day to smackdown are you going to move Rhea away from the judgment day are you going to break up the judgment day if they win like it's you know you have all these different questions right um it's a big, it's a big, it's a big thing they gotta consider. Uh, but even then, I think, I th yeah, I think Rhea's still the heel right now. But the only reason Charlotte Flair is getting cheered is because she beat Ronda Rousey for the title, and that's the that's the only reason why she's getting like these pops, and trying right. to build off of that. But that, that run's been lackluster as it is. Um, yeah. No matter what happens to the Judgment Day, I'd love to see the Rhea take, take the title here. I think it's a big mistake if they don't. Um, and I'm curious to see how this is going to lead Charlotte. Again, I hope it's not another short amount of time before she gets another title reign, uh, because she's always around it. Um, we got to see something different here with Triple H. And yeah, she came back off the injury, but I'd like to see her in some non-title stories, um, starting after WrestleMania, and that starts with Rhea taking the title. Uh, if and I could just interject and say one thing, just yeah. really quickly, uh, just to piggyback off Matt. Number one, I think the only person, if, if they did, did move Judgment Day to SmackDown, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But I just feel like the only person that's really gotten like the short end of the stick has been Damian Priest in this whole Judgment Day thing. Because he's been either in a tag team match or as like the manager for pretty much the whole time. Meanwhile, Dominic, he's getting like a bunch of stuff with his dad. You got, uh, um, what's his name, Finn versus uh, Edge. So it's, I just kind of feel bad for that's the only time i'll ever feel bad for damian priest but i kind of feel bad for him right now uh but if they did move him over to smackdown it'd give him a lot of competition and honestly if if Rhea did take the title moving charlotte to raw wouldn't be that bad uh because there's just more competition for her to have mid-offs with but uh go ahead Kyle. right so i i agree both y'all i believe Rhea should win um if this was happening last year i would not be best way to put it i wouldn't bet my money on it because vince but i think this year yeah. we're going we're going to get conclusions to storylines what wrestlemania truly is supposed to be um but and i'll i'll, I'll talk about damian priest in a little bit uh, when we talk about edge versus finn balor um because if one one news article i read is true um, he might have some involvement in that Hell in a Cell match. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that a little later on. But yeah, you know, I, 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 feel, I wish he was in a spotlight match, but hey, 
he's he's out there. He's going to have a WrestleMania moment. He's having the time of his life with the Judgment Day. And if you're viewed on, you know, he's in a program with um, a Hall of Famer. So there you go. But we're going to move on to our other women's match. Well, another one. Bianca Belair will defend the Raw Women's title against um, Asuka, a title that Belair has has held since last year's WrestleMania, one of the few times where a face has, has held a title that long and it's not been denigrated, not been looked down upon. Because she has put out match, good match after good match with a wide variety of people. She's defended it a lot, very successful. And she hasn't tried to change anything about her. She is who she is. So, Matt, I'll start with you. Um, I don't understand why they tried the I respect you, let's team, and then let me attack you trope that Will they get along? Won't they get along? Type of thing that not not just WWE, but all wrestling companies have had have that issue. Um, but what what do you think of the build to this match? Can they coexist? Yes, Bennett. Yes. Can they? That's the biggest question. Every year we have to find out. The challenger and the champion have to team up. It's cemented into the curriculum. Um. Ah, man, I, I'll i be honest with you. I, I'm not liking the build for this uh, women's match either. Um, and again, I've never really been the biggest fan of the recent Asuka. I think Asuka NXT was really good, but main roster Asuka, I've never been the biggest fan. But maybe I'm just not down to earth with the uh, the mouth bleeding thing and different colors. And uh, I'm like, I understand it's supposed to be like, you know, she's supposed to instill fear in Bianca. And then Bianca's just like, what is that you know like um but i think what they're both best at is going at it in the ring and mm-hmm. they should put on a fine match um i'm not too worried about that i do think oscar's gonna sneak it out um because bianca's been on the run of her life this past year um so many good matches uh but i do see oscar sneaking this out i think it's a good time for bianca to just drop the title uh let's see what else she can do again some she can also main event Raw any week she wants now. That's that's the kind of star she's built herself into. Right. So this loss isn't going to hurt her, per se. But Asuka with the title back, uh, it's good. It's going to bring in some fresh competition. It's going to bring in some fresh storylines. Uh, but it, keep, it keeps it going for both parties, which I think is the right move here. Yeah, I, I love how um, Asuka has brought back as, aspects of her... Um, character from japan before she moved to uh nxt and you know so she's infusing those parts with her oscar character and yes her main run roster her main roster run until the royal rumble was she became she went from the empress of tomorrow to oh here's oscar yeah so they are rebuilding her into the empress of tomorrow and you know triple h is the person who can do it and they've i think they've they've done a good job like i said i'm tired of the can they coexist trope 
it should it, yeah. it should only be brought out in um you know maybe a maybe a storyline for a mid-level pay-per-view but not for a wrestlemania uh so bennett matt thinks oscar's going to sneak it out what about you up until just like up until he started talking <laughs> that's funny up until up until you started talking matt i was a hundred percent bianca's gotta win gonna win this I, I still am, but I, I, I get where you're coming from. I really do. I just, it, there's no way that both women are losing their titles at WrestleMania. One of them's going to hold on. Like, I know that's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. I know it's happened in the past that both of them held on to it as well. But it's just, if there's one of the two that's not going to lose, it's going to be Bianca. I think it's going to be a, a, a great match mm -hmm. that they can put on. But I just, Bianca Belair is one of the, is, is one of those one of those uh, talents where you can just you could just keep her going and like she doesn't have to lose it like and, and if I'm being completely honest the storyline sucks so bad that like this shouldn't even be a WrestleMania match again it should be a this, this feels like it should be a one of those mid level level pay per views but it's not it's Mania if they had built this better I think it, there there could be some traction there but she I think she's gonna retain. I think they're gonna do a good old switch up of the rosters after the after Mania, start moving some talent from SmackDown to Raw, and then Raw back to Smack you know, Raw over SmackDown. So I think we could end up seeing maybe a Charlotte in the in the conversation, which I mean that would be pretty entertaining. It'd be something fresh and weird and new. Mm. Uh, and then we could also see some of those SmackDown talents because Bianca, I mean, she just needs new new people because if she has to p fight Piper Niven one more time, I'm going to put my head through a TV. Like, if she faces damage control one more time. Oh my I gosh, might, we'll get to that might later. Commit some we'll get to that later. Unfortunately, this is also a WrestleMania match, but you know that's off topic. Vince well, McMahon moment. I I will say this: this is what I think is going to happen. Um, I think Rhea's going to beat Charlotte. I think Oscar's going to beat Bianca. And then, so Rhea goes to SmackDown. Basically, Charlotte and Bianca switch places. So then you can build up Rhea versus Bianca for maybe SummerSlam in Detroit. And then you've got Charlotte versus Bailey, Charlotte versus Asuka. I mean, Charlotte versus Candice LeRae, uh, Charlotte versus uh, Becky, if they can coexist in the lo in the locker room. But I, I think that's what's going to happen. I, I, every time you say one of those girls' names and you say Charlotte, I just, it just screams squash match. So, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I would rather see I would rather see Charlotte come over. And be like, hey, I know I just lost the title. I want another shot at SummerSlam, Bianca versus Charlotte. And then that would be a pretty good storyline, too. I know, I know, back in the title picture. But yeah. what, you think Liv Morgan's going to get back in the title picture this I early? Want, no. I, I don't want I mean, that. I just want Charlotte out of the title picture. Just, well, okay. just do like, something else. All right. Like, well, let's let's move on. Greatest tag team in, in WWE history, Becky Lynch and... Uh, Lita, you think you think either one of them is going to challenge we, the main title? We will talk about them later. Uh, we will talk about them later. But let's oh, move man. on. Why can't we talk about them now? No, <laughs> I control the I control the show. No, uh, the he next, controls the narrative. This is just dialogue. 
This is this is uh, Braun Strowman's favorite pay per view. Control your narrative. Right. Ooh. <laughs> Um, the next matchup, in, in order, on on this list, um, Brock Lesnar versus, versus Omos. Now, before I ask any questions about this, here is the only thing I will say about this. There, the only reason this match is happening is Brock Lesnar had to sign off on it. If Brock Lesnar... Because years ago, yeah, I think 2018 or 2017, he was supposed to face Jinder Mahal. He said no, and Jinder ended up losing the WWE title. If Brock Lesnar does not want to wrestle you, he is not going to wrestle you. So there is a reason. That there has to be a reason that, that he said yes to Omos. Maybe this is his last match of his contract. We don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Um, he did famously walk out on SmackDown the day Vince retired. So, And ever since uh, SummerSlam, all his matches have not been for a title. Thank God. Thank God is right. So, Amen. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I will go with you. Uh, uh, I will just let you take it for take it for a couple minutes and let me know who you think is going to win. Okay. Well, what I really love most about this match is MVP. Uh, this man is—he's made Omos look so much better. Amen. Because if it was just Omos out there, they're, they're screwed from the beginning. Um, I don't know how much of Twitter you've seen. But I think one of my favorite things are going on around Twitter right now is this video. It's, do you know the video package for John Cena versus The Rock in Once in a Lifetime? With yes. The, uh, one, voices in the air. Yes. I hear them loud and clear. But they, they Photoshop Brock Lesnar and Omos over John Cena and The Rock's faces. <laughs> so it's this. It's this oh my match. God. And then at the end, it's Once in a Lifetime. And it's like, <laughs> it's probably my favorite wrestling meme oh going around God. right now. I'm going to have to look that up. Because it's just so, you got to. It's so silly and ridiculous that it's sparked up a little bit of interest here in this match uh, for me. Because before this, I had zero interest. Like, okay, look, I don't like Brock Lesnar as much as the next guy. But, you know, if he's not going to have a title match, why is he facing Omos? So they've drummed it up a little bit. I, I do think... It's going to end with Brock Lesnar giving Omos an F5, and they're going to use that on every single highlight reel for the rest of eternity, uh, because that's what WrestleMania is about. They're making moments. So I see Brock Lesnar winning. If this match goes more than five minutes, I'd be shocked. Right. And that's fine how it is. Um, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Lesnar here and Kyle. Yeah, eventually, whenever we get off this podcast, I'll maybe I'll send you a clip of this video okay. that I'm talking about because. So too good not to be seen. All right. So Bennett, I, I agree with Matt. I think it's going to be less than five minutes. Um, and the one thing, like I said, I'm glad that it's not a title match. So if he's not put in a title match, he should be put in a match where he can showcase his abilities against people he doesn't really hasn't really worked with before. 
and like just just the the visual of Lesnar looking up to somebody is just is 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 a definite definite a interesting visual. So, uh, Bennett, you were really excited once I mentioned this was the next match we want to talk about. Um, please keep it to under a few minutes. I don't want to have to cut cut about an hour of this podcast just because you go on a rant. Wow. Okay. Wow. Rants. Um, no, uh, I am not excited to talk about this match. But one thing I've got to say is meat. Big meaty meat. Uh, that is what this match is. It is two giant sausages fighting each other. Oh my god. <laughs> Superiority. Um, <laughs> this match might be the first under a minute match ever. Uh, no, there's definitely been way shorter matches than this. This one will probably be because they'll have at least a three minute standoff um while the crowd goes mild uh if if i hear any, any like exorbitant cheers that'll be wild but uh no listen you've got omas who you're trying to build this is a big guy he the only reason i think he still has a job is because he does so much for the brand outside of actually wrestling like he's one of those him and baron corbin go and do all the outreach and meet all, all those people and uh, i know he's done a lot for getting wwe into africa yeah. um and uh so you know that's good that's great why is he on my tv screen like let's uh let's get him off unfortunately he has something brock lesnar does not and that is a manager so uh it will probably be some weird stupidness that happens, uh, but I, I think Omos is going to win it, and it's just going to be weird because uh, I don't think anyone's going to expect it. But it'll probably be a clean finish, if not uh, like some interference of some sort. But uh, no, Omos, I think he really needs a, a big match win because mm -hmm. that will solidify himself. If they're trying to build a monster, he needs to be the monster. And so if he beats Agreed. him clean, actually, that's going to give him as much momentum I think you possibly could give him other than like beating Roman Reigns. So, um, yeah. yeah. Omos going over. I don't like it. Trust me. I wish I didn't have to say that out loud, but I just think it's going to happen. Well, I'll, I'll say this before we get into our next match. Um, if this happens to be Brock Lesnar's last match of his contract and, um, cause triple H isn't going to be keen. Like he hasn't re-signed Goldberg to a new contract. Goldberg is now officially a free agent. Um, he might do the same. He might do the same thing with uh, Brock Lesnar. You know, if he does bring him back, it might be for like special occasions or like one-offs. But he won't sign him to a "you only wrestle five times a oh, four times a year" contract that Vince would. So I could see Omos winning. I could see Brock Lesnar doing what a good. Um, like what's tradition in the business? If you're on the way out, put somebody over. So now let's let's go from the big man slapping man meat to a banger of a triple threat match. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. The triple threat match is sponsored by the United Nations because the League of Nations don't want nothing to do with this. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, I am going to say this. Alberto doesn't either. Damn. Do what? Alberto doesn't want anything to do with this. That's crazy. Uh, no, it's WWE doesn't want anything to do with Alberto. <laughs> but 
But then again, no major wrestling. He keeps calling. It'll pick up. Got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And no major company, no company in the United States wants to deal with him. But anyway, um, this is going to be on par of one of the greatest intercontinental title matches in history. It's not going to be the technical masterpiece that was um, Savage Steamboat. It's not going to be the um, spot fest that was WrestleMania 34. It is going to be hard hitting. It is going to be violent, and it is going to be so much fun. Um, I I will go ahead and say who I you know what I, I think will happen. Gunther is going to win. He is going to keep the title until September. He is going to win a uh, break the honky tonk man's record for longest intercontinental title reign. And then literally the next episode, he's going to go, I'm the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I'm bored with this. You can have it back <laughs> because now I'm going after the world title. And and that starts his ascension to possibly main of any WrestleMania forty for a world title. But I don't I don't know who he's going to pin. I don't want him to pin Sheamus because Sheamus has been doing so well. I don't want him to pin Drew because you know I, I think Drew's time in the main event scene is over. But he is still a a two time WWE champion. You can't take that away from him. He didn't. He, he had, I think this is going to be his WrestleMania moment that he didn't get at 36 because of the pandemic. Um, not counting 37 because it was only 25,000 approximately allowed in the stadium. So I think this is going to be like his real first like big match moment and stuff. So Bennett, are you as excited as I am for this match? This is match. Of, this is gonna be the match of mania, in my opinion. Mm. I, I like. I, listen, I, you y'all know how much I love Gunther. Uh, like, I I am so happy that he's doing this. Like, uh, only thing in my opinion, and, and y'all know this. This is gonna sound stupid. Only thing that can make it better is if they put if they put uh, Butch and Ilya Dragunov in there as well. We can just have a slap fest. Um, <laughs> my God. You know, just technical, technical yes. masterpiece right there. Uh, maybe, maybe 2K we could get that, but like, uh, no, this will do. Um, honestly, it's gonna, it's gonna be cool to see how the dynamics of of Drew and Sheamus are working out throughout the match. Honestly, I could see like he just absolutely destroys one of them, and then the other one tries to come in and help him, and he gets he gets choked out for the win. Like, and it's just not even close. Um, and of course, it's a triple threat, which means there are no rules. Uh, there's no disqualifications, so Imperium could get in and uh, and, and muddle everything up. So I think that's going to be pretty cool to, to to figure out if that's going to happen as well, because uh, you know they will. Mm -hmm. But I have Gunther winning it too. Again, I think they really shot themselves into a, a corner when they when they conjoined the titles together. Because honestly, Drew, I. I could see him as one of the main guys right now if if they hadn't put those two titles together at Mania last year. Yeah. But that's just not how this works. And hopefully they'll hopefully they'll change it after. But I mean, for now, yeah, no, I, I have them winning, and I would love to see. Unfortunately, I'd love to see Sheamus be the one that goes goes under 
because that would just you weren't there for me drew and that could set up for a pretty good match later on too so oh absolutely another banger and i'll, I'll say this before yep. i ask uh matt um the they, uh, triple h has done a very very great job of re-establishing the intercontinental and the united states titles as legitimately a legitimate prizes that you want to have instead of oh <laughs> well i got the intercontinental title match you get stuck with this title great i guess i'm not going to get a world title match now it's like because you you do have one world champion so this this was i think how they wanted to do the original brand split back in 2002 they didn't have the u.s title at the at you know uh christened until 2003 but they wanted to i guess make the world champion a traveling champion akin to the old nwa world's champion but like the top champion of Raw was the Intercontinental top Champion, the top, or now it's on SmackDown, top for Raw would be the United States Champion. And, you know, you have to get, you know, that's why you see people like Gunther, Sheamus, and um, Drew McIntyre fighting over that title. That's why you see Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory fighting for the U.S. title. It's just, you know, it, it brings up the prestige of the title. So then whenever they do go and wrestle for a world title, they're better competitors for that. So, Matt, give us your um, banging impression of this match. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, if you've watched either uh, Gunther versus Sheamus 1 or Gunther versus Sheamus 2, it's like the perfect preview of what this match is going to be. And then you add in Drew McIntyre, who, you know, he is obviously one of the hardest hitters in the WWE, but it's not what he's mainly recognized for. You know, he's recognized for like this really, well, he's a powerhouse to begin yeah. with. But, you know, like he's not, he's not the first name you think of, but he can do it very well. Like his chops are some of the loudest you'll ever hear. Mm. Um, so I think together these guys have they're gonna have a lot of chemistry. Um Drew and Sheamus have been going at it for twenty years, so um you yeah. already got that. Gunther can work with anybody. Um he's the most believable inner champion I've ever watched. Like ever since I started watching in two thousand and ten, he's the most he's the most dominant he's the most believable intercontinental champion I've ever seen. Um he's unreal and I totally agree with you, Kyle. I think it is only right if he would pass the Hong Talk Man's record. As Intercontinental Champion, whatever happens, happens. He wants to go into a program with Cody. If Cody is the champion, if, if whoever, if Roman's still a champion by then, who knows? All right. Um, I'd love to see it. He's definitely world champion material, but until then, I got to take my pick. Um, I'm just going to put him up right quick. Ben, uh, you see this? Um, this, is, this, is my, this is my pick. Um, this is the Adventure Time Penguin. His name's also Gunther. Um, but so we're going to take him. Um, it's going to be one hell of a match, and I cannot wait for it. Okay, so <clears throat> that's that definitely happened. Um, so we will, yeah, we will, we will move on um, to. The, the last, well, not, not the last match we'll talk about, but the last of this little segment of 
um, matchups. Hell in a cell. The end of the rivalry between Edge and the Judgment Day. Edge versus Demon Finn Balor. And if what I read from uh, from a, a wrestling article, a wrestling uh, website is correct, Finn may have De- uh, Damian Priest. Edge may not be alone. Okay. Okay. He will have mm-hmm. Gangrel. Really. Apparently, the rumor in innuendo is that Gangrel is being flown out to L.A. by WWE. So you have the creator of the brood who brought Evil Edge into the limelight for the first time. Helping fight Edge's demons in the form of Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I mean, Gangrel is still in great shape. Gangrel can still go. Yeah. Like, you know, he he showed up on an episode of AEW with the Hardy Boys last year. Uh, I want to say around May and was just like he was still like still had that aura about him. <laughs> Vampire Man versus <laughs> blah 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 versus Bad Bunny's buddy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but with, with with that being said, like the the entrance that they would create, and I know there's going there's going to be a stage so they can come up through the stage and it's just go. <laughs> oh my god, this chat's <laughs> going to be insane. Um, but like that right there, you know, will pop the crowd, and then the demon entrance first time as a as a heel for Finn Balor to do it like we, we, we talk about how uh, the triple threat may steal Wrestlemania this one could steal it too just look at Edge's match of Austin Theory guy did a freaking you know backflip off of Theory's back and landed on his yeah. feet and I'm like what so, and with rumors of him possibly reti- um, actually retiring around August, because he said last year when they went to Toronto that next year would be the last time that he came to Toronto. So, I, I, I think Finn's going to go over. Finn's going to put Edge out of his misery. This feud will end with, uh, with Finn Balor being elevated into a position where he will be a credible world title contender coming out of it. Damian Priest will still be a a credible U.S. title contender coming out of it. Bennett, are you excited for this match? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know there's hype around it. We've been watching the okay, same so thing Matt. <laughs> No, hang on. I'm not done yet. Listen, I love both of these guys. I love both of these guys. We've been watching the same stuff since October. I, like, as cool as this is going to be. And I, I I, know, okay, Gangrel, okay, that's cool. Priest, whatever. If they don't enter by themselves, 
into this freaking match. If they do some weird shit with Gangrel and then Damian Priest is with the demon, no. I, I want I want classic like edge in his in like he like he knows what he's gotta do versus versus the demon Finn Balor, which we have not seen the demon Finn Balor in a fucking long sorry, freaking long time. You can edit that out, I'm sure. Uh in a long time. And yeah. so like honestly I think Edge is gonna win. Like I would love to see Finn win, but it just feels like if Finn wins the next night on Raw, I beat Edge. We're gonna do it again. Like it just <laughs> it seems like it's not gonna end. And honestly, I would love, you know, Edge and the I quit match. Okay. They literally hit his wife with concerto. Like I would love After he quit. Finn Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he quit. I would love Finn's laying there bloodied up beyond recognitionly. He just concertos him like five times, like just keeps hitting him with it and then pins him. Like, that's not good for his brain, I'm sure, but that would be awesome. And it would just show that Finn's not here to, sorry, that Edge isn't here to play anymore. He's like, I'm done with this. It's over. I I have finished Finn Balor. I've beaten my demon. And, uh, and and I'm walking out of WrestleMania. Well, he might not be walking out of WrestleMania, but he'll at least be getting out of WrestleMania as a winner. Right. So. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't <laughs> think they're going to be entering the cell. Like, say, if Gangrel does show up, I think he's going to be part of the entrance. And he's just going to be there to prevent Damien. I think if, if they do anything, it will be outside of the cell. I think mm-hmm. inside it's going to be the one-on-one. Although it, 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 would, it, it would be cool if... Uh, there's there's a situation where Damien's trying to get in, and then the lights go out, and then the lights flicker back on, and Gangrel's on the other side of the door, just staring at him with the teeth with with his teeth out, like, ah. yeah. And uh, I like that. And then the and then it go out again, and then next thing you know, he you know they open the door, he goes out, and then he's behind Damien, like that 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 would be funny and but it wouldn't take away from the match so i think their involvement would would not do anything to take away from the absolute classic that they can do um yeah if i would i would say edge would probably win but since they wanted elimination chamber that's why that's why i think finn's going to go over if if finn and rip and rip ria had won it in montreal then yeah I would be 100% on Edge winning, but all I know is Edge is going to win in defeat by making a megastar out of Finn. And and that's what this run has been with Edge is he wants to leave the business better than he found it. And he wants to create, he wants to create stars out of the younger, newer generation of talent that people like Undertaker and Hulk Hogan to a degree and Triple H did for him. So, Matt, yep. are you excited? Because obviously Bennett is uh, um, has, has some sour grapes about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the match. Um, I do have to agree with Ben on one component, though. Um, a year-long feud with, for Edge and the Judgment Day was not on my bingo card the entire year. Right. I, I thought it would thought it'd subside around SummerSlam. Thought it would subside around Survivor Series. It's, it just keeps going. I hate that it dragged on because watching the Austin Theory versus Edge match, I 
I just had a sinking feeling that Judgment Day or Finn Balor was going to get involved somehow, and boy, was I right. Um, but was the match still good? Oh, it was, yeah. See, oh, of course there, it was. I mean, all right. And all right, but I'll 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 say what I want to say after you finish. Okay, yeah. Um, but I've been saying this three years in a row now. Um, Edge is my favorite of all time. Like I, this man is held so dearly in my heart. Um, I just love watching him compete, and I take every match. Uh, I don't take it for granted because I just love watching him compete and just go out there and put on performance of his life. And every time. He does it. I'm just amazed. But this year against the Demon King Finn Balor, uh, for one thing, I hope he comes out in purple paint on mm. his chest and arm. I'd like to see some purple, you know, just to fit like the Judgment Day. But I understand if they keep it like the red and yellow. But um, if Gangrel gets involved, I think that's a perfect uh, equalizer against Damian Priest. I think it's a good way of keeping them away and they're not taken away from the match whatsoever. It's not detrimental. Um, I think they're going to put on a good show. And um, these guys do have some chemistry. We've seen it um, in little bits of bits and pieces. Never like this. I assume this is going to be a, a little bit more drawn out match since it is Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, you do want to lay it all out there. You're laying the foundations because last year the foundations were set when Damian Priest helped Edge win against AJ Styles. And this mm -hmm. is how it all started. You know, because he had Rhea and Finn, the betrayal, all that. So it's good. They're going to get a full year's worth of storylines within this match, which is a good thing. Um, no matter how much it seems like it's dragged on, I think it's going to be a really good match. And if this is Edge's last WrestleMania, um, I'd see him going. I'd see him putting over Finn to do that. So I'd see Balor winning this match. Uh, it's going to be very competitive. It's going to be brutal. Uh, but yeah. I'd take the Demon because he needs a win back after last year against Roman too. So. I agree. So here's here's what I was going to say. We we're talking about yeah, you know, this has been a year long storyline. Okay. Do you remember that we uh, back in just a couple years ago, we were begging for like a three month storyline that would be concurrent without re uh, without rematch after rematch after rematch. This is a multi layered story that has played out over a year. That just when we think there was a good ending there was that little twist that's that mm -hmm. you could end it there but it, it was a backdoor plot just in case they wanted to continue it and when they decided we want to continue it they opened that door so it's you know i'm loving this um long-term storytelling because that's one thing triple h is good at long-term storytelling i mean he one of one of the first hires he did was bringing someone to be basically creating long-term stories. His job is to make sure that, okay, this is the storyline we're going with. Okay, does it fit within any narratives that have been told before? So, you know, that's that's always a good thing. But it's, uh, it's going to be a fun match. We're going to take a little detour real quick before we talk about the last four matches that have not been assigned to a Wrestlemania and every year there's at least one title match outside of a world title and I'm classifying this as the WWE title the world heavyweight title the ECW world title the universal title 
and any combination of them. So, um, I think Matt, I asked this of you first. So, Bennett, I will start with you. Um, is there a certain non-world title match that really stands out in your mind? Um, you're gonna have to give me a minute. I'm trying to remember exactly which one I had in my brain. Okay, well, Matt, well, I'm ready. Um, quick, sh quick shout out to uh, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels for the Final Championship at WrestleMania 10. Since I already talked about WrestleMania 10 match, I'm gonna detour, but I, I, I just love that match so much. Um, my match that I want to talk about is TLC2. Mm. Uh, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, mm -hmm. and the Dudley Boys. Oh, ah, man, they're every single person in that match looked like a megastar, and all they used were tables, ladders, and chairs. I mean, this includes Rhino getting in there. This includes Lita. Everybody got their stuff in. You forgot Everybody one. Everybody looked good. You forgot one. Little Spike Dudley. Oh, Spike Dudley. Of course. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> you mean the greatest European champion of hi this history? Amen. Um, and the yeah, greatest Spike crowd Dudley. surfer think, in uh, wrestling history. Yeah. yeah. I think that's accurate. Uh, I, I think he just forgot. He just takes so many of these crazy bumps. I just take it for granted, which is a shame. But uh, um, that match, I mean, of course, you're always going to remember every highlight package since then. It's Edge spearing Jeff Hardy off the top of the ladder. That's one of the most iconic moments you'll ever see in the business. And, but the match was just more than that. And, you know, they won the titles, but Edge and Christian, they fought so hard to get there too like the dudley boys were <laughs> oh my gosh i remember bubba ray just going through the two tables at ring at ringside uh with hardy and it was like oh my gosh and it just kept going and going i love the increased elevation i'm not really i i hate seeing like you know all these dangerous spots happen all the time but man back then that was just insane yeah just being able to rewatch it like these guys just put on a show and yep. that's probably one of the most memorable non-title world matches at mania that i've ever seen yeah that was the end of the um one of the golden eras of tag team wrestling because you know after that it really just because it was obviously wrestlemania 17 is known as the end of the attitude era so but i mean you know with that match built on tlc one from SummerSlam 2000 which i saw in person which built on the triangle ladder match from WrestleMania 16 and 2000. So I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, that match just like, and even now, like the people who try, like I said, we, they, they do stuff now where we go, okay, that's cool. But back then it there, the only reason they got on, you know, in, in that mode, was after that ladder match and No Mercy 99, they weren't expected to steal the show. They were expected to go out there, do a little match, win, one team win uh, Terry Reynolds' managerial services, and it'd be a running joke. And then they stole the show. And then, like, for the first time, 
both participants of a match got a standing ovation on the Raw after a pay-per-view. And it was 100% authentic, 100% genuine, to the point where they had to read, they basically had to redo storylines because the crowd wanted to see them. And then that's the Dudley Boys coming in from ECW. That really just made, you know, their their chemistry was just all, all six of those guys. Um, Bennett, did you uh, find your spot? Yeah, I've got I've got a couple milling around in my brain. Uh, okay. Honorable mention. I know everyone freaking hates the storyline now, but um, um, I remember the the John Cena Rusev United States thing. As bad as that was, like the match, like Rusev and John Cena, in theory, would have been like a great match, and it just it wasn't. Uh, but the one I chose was when the Hardy Boys came back uh, at Mania. Mm. Uh, and uh, they won the ladder match, which was just completely unexpected. A that he they were even going to be in it, but it it was also just unexpected they were going to win because as much as okay, yeah, they just got back. You had people like uh, like that could legitimately have have been really good as tag champions at that time, yeah. uh, holding those titles, and they still gave them to the Hardy Boys. Um, just putting this out here out there, Enzo and Cass is the biggest what if like tag team in like in the past 20 years for for wwe like if 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 it if it gone differently who knows like they they i don't know that's just such a good match uh it's kind of looking at the times that's kind of short for a ladder match but like still crazy I'll, i'll i'll mention something about that about enzo and Cass. i gotta uh you know to, to piggyback off of that. But yeah, no, that, that was a great match. Um, and, and the Rusev Cena one, I like what, you know, I hated that Cena won, but I liked what they did with him where he basically said, I want to defend this title every week. And he basically, like you saw him in, this wasn't the Cena wins LOL era. This was the, Cena wins and makes stars era. He finally, he was at the point of his career where he was actually making his opponents better. And like that title reign gave me a new uh, respect for John Cena, you know, to the point where I was not, I wasn't sick of seeing him on my TV screen. Uh, and um, you, you guys do know what happened in that tank, right? What happened in the tank? Yeah. Or what happened to it? Or what happened in the tank? Oh. So, um, Urban Legend is, and I believe it has been confirmed by Rusev, is that um, in like during the day, um, Rusev checked out the tank and had his girlfriend or wife, uh, no, uh, uh, girlfriend, Lana. So she went in the tank too. And uh, they, I see this and and they tested out the acoustics of the tank. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. During the day of WrestleMania? During the day of WrestleMania. Oh. Wow. I mean, because guess what? All you had to do is close the lid. <laughs> I guess you're right. Wow. <sighs> I can't say I'm surprised. But I'm not either. I mean, you know, it is long. Hey, Rusev had his WrestleMania moment. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. So did Lana. <laughs> 
So did Ron. So did Ron. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I'm... so me, you know, I've got a couple. Um, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, WrestleMania eight for the Intercontinental Title. Um, let's see. No. 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 The triple, the two fall triple threat match at WrestleMania 2000, Benoit, Angle, and Jericho, where Angle lost both of his titles without getting pinned, it was was so brilliant, yeah. brilliantly booked. Uh, William Regal's opening matches at WrestleMania 17 and 18 against Jericho and RVD, respectively. Um, Matt Hardy and Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title. Um, yes. But I think one I want to talk about, if I can, if I can find it somewhere, Mickey James versus Trish Stratus, WrestleMania 22, the first time the women were given a legitimate um, match, a legitimate story. Granted. It was 2006, so the story revolved around how uh, Mickey was obsessed with Trish, and it turned into a unhealthy obsession where she was basically in love with her. And um, a couple parts of the match has been edited from the uh, wrestle, wrestle, uh, the um, Peacock version for um, obvious reasons, but yep. just just the fact that those two just you know, put on a the best women's match until WrestleMania thirty two was just was just amazing. So but and of course we have some bad ones, but we're not doing that here. We're giving love to the good ones. That's right. But which so actually segues me into our next match well we're going to go back to wrestlemania 39 the i i like how they're they're naming the naming these matches the women's wrestlemania showcase you have Liv morgan and raquel rodriguez both on their third tag team partners in the span of three months versus yeah. italian shotzi versus ronda rousey and Shayna baser one team to be determined so Matt, uh, I think we're just going to go real quick on this one because we don't know who the third, uh, the fourth team is. Um, is this match just a vehicle to get Ronda and Shayna uh, ready to challenge for the women's tag titles? Yes, yes, it is. Um, which is weird because they kind of been a little bit silent since uh, before Friday, but um, it's WrestleMania season, so you can do whatever you want want they raise the stakes very quickly uh i don't i i don't think that 14 is gonna matter mm-hmm. even if they put together like trish stratus's prime with charlotte flair i don't, don't think any other way that ronda and Shayna would lose this match um and it really doesn't matter who that 14 is but uh i see it coming uh they're gonna it's to get them on wrestlemania which makes sense ronda yeah. is still Pretty big and mainstream. You gotta do what you can with that. But I was hoping that this would elevate Shayna more. It really hasn't. So maybe, 
maybe it'll take some more time with that, but um, that's kind of what I was hoping out of that pair. Just haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I think I, that's, I see them winning. I think that's the long-term plan. There was a injury to Ronda a little bit ago. I think that's the reason why they've been silent over the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think the long-term story is to build, um, use Ronda to build Shayna, rehabilitate Shayna as a character to the point where she yeah. becomes a killer again. And then um, Shayna turn on Ronda and basically drive Ronda out of WWE. And she becomes the, uh, the badass that uh, uh, Ronda is. So, um yeah. same same thing with you bennett um is do you do you agree with the statement that this is just a vehicle to get ronda and Shayna over it's really sad that this has to be the case but i'm gonna agree with matt uh like i don't i don't like this like any more than the next person uh and honestly i would i i, I assume from in my brain and what the fourth team is just going to be like Candice LeRae and Nikki Cross because they're not doing anything. So why not put them in there? And like, it's not like they've been talking or anything because Raw is still three hours long. Uh, <laughs> um, and so they need filler. So might as well put them in there as well. Honestly, wouldn't be the worst thing. Uh, both of them are pretty good in the ring. But right. God, just it's the worst two to win, too. Like, like I, you, it's hard to root for them as a, as some. Somebody who, who likes the WWE. If you're a casual, oh yeah, Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah, she did MMA. Uh, it is it is hilarious. <laughs> I can okay. I guess I'll just say it now. I I, yeah. I will say um, it is pretty funny with these two. Like if Ronda's just staring down somebody's like Ronda, I got a problem with you, and then in comes Shane and just chokes them out, <laughs> just knocks them out cold backstage. <laughs> yeah. just, just, it, there. This, just it sucks it sucks so much like and it, again it's the worst two to win it because like okay this is either just gonna be a complete squash match because they're each gonna get their moments and then they just come in it's, it's a double submission you know like but it's just it's gonna be so bad like it's probably gonna be one of the worst matches well the second worst because omas still exists but uh it's gonna be probably the second worst match of mania well wait no third third i'll go third Jeez. okay i'm having it well, I yeah, I agree. I think it's just going to be a you know, this is Ronda and Shayna match to lose, um, and then they'll somehow get uh, uh, they'll get the titles within. Uh, it would not surprise me if they get the titles on the Raw after Mania, and then they will. Um, and I and I'll I'll get to that statement when we talk about the six six woman tag. You know, a little foreshadowing for. Uh, for that, but um, the men's showcase Braun Strowman and Ricochet, the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. I think this one's going to be a better one. I, I love how they used a Twitter beef between Strowman and Ricochet to build a, co a cohesive tag team. Well, you know, I it it I, I love how it was done. I almost and now I believe um, they truly could coexist. That's true. <laughs> I, I almost believe that that tweet was put out by Strowman after uh, Crown Jewel with the blessing of Ricochet and with uh, people in WWE because they, they wanted to get this story started. And, you know, it, it gives Strowman something to do other than, you know, it's, it's a true big man, little man tag team. 
Street profits are are still good. Uh, they've improved. They've improved so much over the last year, and even in singles matches, I could see them doing a amicable split after WrestleMania. Um, uh, Strowman's hoping to control his narrative in this match. Uh, Alpha Academy's probably going to be splitting up because um, of maximum male models, which I. Th- didn't think was actually going to be relevant this year but hey you know what props to them for taking a negative and making it a positive and possibly getting ot's oh my god like it, it just shows the delusion of them but it's a fun delusion and then you got the viking raiders um who since bringing back uh sarah logan to the wwe as their manager has has really just invigorated him with the new violence they're showing the the violence and destruction that made them a former ring of honor and iwgp to and nxt tag team champions so you know this is going to be a better match um not really a uh, vehicle for getting one team over. I think this one get everyone over. So, Bennett, who's who comes out on top? Honestly, uh, it's it's a it's a tough one, um, because they're like uh, honestly, I, I want to root for, I want to root for Strowman and and um, Ricochet. I really do, mm-hmm. but like. The Alpha Academy and put some respect on Marseille, Monsois, uh, and then Otis. This is truly the greatest faction, better than Judgment Day. Are uh, immediately, uh, they control fashion. Um, <laughs> no, I really want to root for the Alpha Academy uh, as well. So, like either one of those two, I want to win. Uh, but I think I'm gonna go with the Alpha Academy here because. I mean, the Viking Raiders have no, absolutely no business being on on TV right now. They are so mid. Like, I get it; they can go and beat up people, but um, they just haven't done enough. And then, well, wait, Street Profits are in this, right? Yeah, yeah. I might be changing my pick again. I, I, I am going to go Street Profits. Listen, 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 Matt. You understand? You understand how I'm feeling? Right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they now. They're just so funny, uh, and I turned. I started hating them at the beginning of the year, uh, and then I've just grown to like them a lot more. So, uh, yeah, no, give me the Street Profits. They need this win. Gosh, they need this win, uh, and uh, it'll do so much to getting them towards those tag titles again. So, Matt, I will, I will say this, and I I am not giving any disrespect to. Uh, Maximum models. I will not go as so far as to say that they're the new NWO, but <laughs> I, I I will say this: for every serious faction, like let's let's take the Attitude Era in nineteen nine nineteen ninety eight. You had um, the Corporation. You had what was the beginning of the Ministry of Darkness, and then you had the Job Squad. Who was formed people who basically were jobbers. So you have Kai and Tai. You have you, you have crazy fun comedy factions. So you can you can have that. So they they are not gonna be a serious faction, but they're never meant to be. 
they're they're meant to when you see them on the screens you're going to laugh with them and you're going to laugh at them because here's the thing and yes they are better than the Bella Twins um, just because they have talent um yeah yeah I'm, well you know whatever but no it's it's definitely you know I, I I'm glad that they're not being lost in the shuffle and moving to raw was a right move so Matt um oh, for sure are you on team street street profits or do you think um do you think Alpha Academy is going to implode because uh Otis um fashionably turns on his partner yeah um i'll keep it straight with you unlike uh mr jerry the king lawler over here who who changes his pick in the royal rumble every time they get eliminated um <laughs> mr bennett ferguson um i've got the street profits winning yeah um i think Kyle, you did bring up a good point that they could split um i there's just a million ways that they can go with that and we could have a whole, whole other episode about that. But if they do split up, I'd be surprised. But you know what? I'm in, I'd be interested. I think both of them could do well as singles competitors. Right. Um, Alpha Academy, yeah. I think for the reasons of maximum male models being there, I just don't think they can win. It should officially split up. Chad Gable should just... Having Chad Gable in the singles title picture, maybe you put him in the United States Championship picture or Intercontinental if he moves to SmackDown. Having him there is going to be great. Building him or, back up some wins be awesome. No. No Bennett. No. But or no shorty G. Or here's here's another one, and I'll let you finish your thought. Since he his number one student turned on him, how about he goes to a fellow Olympian? And this is how you bring Gable Stevenson onto onto WWE. You have two Olympians as a team. Oh my god. Like that Maybe. right there will just be insane. It, it, their matches will become uh, pretzel time because at the end of it, you're turned into a pretzel. Yep. Would they? Would they just be flexing their gold medals all the time? Or well, I Gable didn't win a gold medal. But no, he did not. You could. He did not. Play. Yeah. But but you could. The other use... Gable had a gold medal, but oh the one God. Gable did not. You know what I'm doing there? Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that'd be interesting. I do think uh, Apple Academy will be done for. Um, and then OT's going to grab the mic like Hulk Hogan at Bash at the Beach. He's going to say, this right here is a new world order of wrestling, brother. And no. then they just go out there and they're fashion This shows. is the new world um, order of modeling. Yes. <laughs> You're not ready for what we're about to do. And they just go, walk down the red carpet. Oh, um, God. But... Yeah, I do. I do like this. This match is going to be a thing. Um, I think all four teams should do fine. Um, yeah, it's not a problem, and it's going to. It, I, I'm glad they're doing these showcase matches because it's going to give more spotlight to the tag, Absolutely. to the tag teams in the division. So, so I, I, I think all unlike the women's match where I think it's about Shayna and Ronda. No one's going to come out of this match looking bad you know everyone's going to have there's going to be their moments to shine everyone's going to have a moment to uh pull out their moves or whatnot so i think street profits are going to win um but i but i can see any of them winning. i i can see triple h go you know what let's just 
let's just basically pull the rug out of everyone and let's give it to the Viking Raiders. I could see that. And it would not be crazy. It would be crazy last year because Vince would never do it, but Triple H would do it. And he would build a uh, build a uh, story, and then um, you know the uh, what was it? The Viking Raiders will be uh, will be walking down the ramp. Go, you like that? You know, kind of like Kirk Cousins. All right. So apparently, as usual, we went over as always, and so we don't go into a WrestleMania 35 mode where this is a four-hour podcast. We are going to break this up. So we're going to stop right here. We are going to start it back up in a day or two. And we will talk the rest of the matches that have not been announced or not uh, not been assigned to a day. And also the matches that have been assigned to night one and obviously the main event. So, for the Blind Tag Podcast, my name is Kyle Nashheim. See y'all later.